Hello, and welcome to Objective Health. I am your host, Erica, today, and joining me in our studio is Doug, Elliot, and Damien. Welcome Hello. to the show. Hello. Hello. So today we're going to talk about meat and the idea of nutritional psychiatry, which is a pretty interesting topic until recently I was kind of unawares about this whole new realm in dealing with uh, mental disorders, particularly uh, depression. And so uh, when reviewing for this show, there's a lot of articles that are starting to kind of cover this idea that depression could be directly related to diet. I guess it's not really a new topic, but it's getting a lot more traction. And this idea of nutritional psychiatry and how uh, doctors like uh, Georgia Ede um, and even Kelly Brogan have written pretty extensively about depression um, being cured or the re reduction in symptoms by adding meat to your diet. So, uh, and I know we'll have a lot to share here. Uh, sometimes I feel like we cover this topic a lot, but um, it can really be helpful, especially I'm finding for women. Uh, one in four women suffer from depression. So is there something that people can do lifestyle-wise aside from psychiatric medication to start to alleviate the symptoms and uh, bring about better mental health? So we have a quick little clip from a recent talk that uh, E did, and um, we'll play it here just so you can kind of get an idea of where we're going with today's show. This part doesn't have any sound, I think. Just, just, so you know. sound, I think. just the dietary guidelines. Notice there's <laughs> I think there should be not a lot of meat now. on that plate. <laughs> really? Yeah. She's talking the whole time through it, so. Oh, uh, hang on a second. <laughs> Let me see what happened here. Oh, yes, you're right. Okay, here we go. Lines um, is 144 pages long. Imagine if a wild animal needed to generate, uh, needed to refer to a document like this before it woke up and ate something. Uh, 144 pages, and it's based on a 436-page scientific report. And it, if, you, know, you might not think these matter too much, but they directly touch one in four Americans per month through school lunch programs and other federally funded programs. So a lot of people need, are forced to eat this way. They influence our, they influence our educational curriculum uh, in, in, for dietitians and other health professionals, and they influence other countries' dietary guidelines. I was just in Indonesia giving a talk in June where I, I, about the dietary guidelines in Indonesia, and they're almost identical to the U.S. dietary guidelines. So um, what patterns do they recommend? There are three, and they're virtually identical with the exception of the vegetarian diet, which excludes, um, which excludes meat. They're, they're very, very difficult to tell apart. And, these are, and it's because they both follow these patterns, higher in fruits, vegetables, grains, legumes, nuts, low-fat dairy, and lower in red meat, saturated fat, sodium added sugar, refined grains. And notice how interesting this is, that red meat is lumped in with a whole food, mind you, is lumped in with all of this junk. And, and that happens all the time. 
it's almost as though it comes out in the same breath that the you know, red meat and process, red meat and refined grains, red meat and sugar, uh, uh, people can't separate them in their minds. So I wanted to understand how they came to these conclusions. And as a psychiatrist, I decided I was going to read the depression section of the report first. It was very short. I think it was two or three pages. And uh, uh, I immediately met criteria, full criteria for depression after reading it. So, um, so the committee summary uh, was this. This is what you see in the actual report. Uh, patterns emphasizing red and processed meats and refined sugar, because you have to throw that right in there, were generally associated with increased risk of depression. So I thought, that's interesting, because I'm not aware of any of that science. I mean, I've been reading this stuff for 10 years, looking specifically at mental health. I don't wear. So there were 19 citations. And again, afflicted with my aforementioned personality disorder, I decided to read every single one of them. And so this is what you find. It's just, it's just outrageous. Um, so 16 of them, only 16 of them even evaluated meat. So three didn't even mention meat. You can throw those three out. So there are 14 epidemiological studies and two randomized controlled trials. Randomized controlled trials, for people who don't know, are just clinical experiments with human beings. And you, you choose a control and you compare your diet. So, there was one epidemiological study that said that uh, red meat was positively associated with an increased risk of depression, so red meat bad. But it's an epi a questionnaire-based study, but there you have it. Um, there were six epidemiological studies that lumped red meat in with refined carbohydrates and processed carbohydrates. Um, so, you know, I think that we can discard these. Um, you know, I don't think it's fair to judge, you know, meat a la mode as the same as meat. Uh, so... And then we have um, eight studies that found there was no association, no increased risk uh, with red meat and, and depression. Uh, seven were epidemiological studies, and one was a randomized control trial. And then there was one randomized control trial saying that meat actually protected, reduced your risk of depression. So if you're keeping score at home, um, that's nine to one in favor of red meat. Uh, and even if you throw in their, their, their meat a la mode study, it's still nine to seven. So, you know, I don't understand, on what planet can you then conclude that red meat is associated with a higher risk of depression? The committee outright lied about the outcomes of the studies that they handpicked to support their hypothesis. So this just was infuriating to me. Really so. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it just a, a, a kind of a, a quick look at all the shenanigans that go on behind the dietary guidelines. Um, you know, the, the idea that, that there's, you know, they, they, they put up a front as if everything is scientifically backed, but really, you know, just by throwing the references in there, they assume nobody's actually going to dig in and take a look. And it's, it's incredibly misleading. Yeah, there's definitely conscious uh, conscious manipulation right there. Yeah, conscious manipulation, and it just kind of ties in with the um, you know the ongoing um, what's the word the the ongoing attack propaganda. Yeah, the propaganda, <laughs> the 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 outright attack against meat, all things meat, and all things animal foods. Yeah. I mean, right on the very face of it, it doesn't really make much sense that meat would cause depression because humans have been eating meat basically as long as they have been humans. 
And if it was causing depression this entire time, don't you think somebody would have noticed? Maybe uh, said, you know what, maybe we should stop hunting and gathering and just gather because uh, we get really sad every time we, we eat any of this meat. Just seems, <laughs> it, just, it just seems kind of obvious that, you know, if you've been eating something for, you know, who knows how long, two million years, whatever it might be, uh, that it, it just seems so ridiculous to, you know, the, the whole depression thing is a relatively modern problem. You know, the not that depression didn't exist before, but that, you know, the how widespread it is right now. That's a that's, you know, a 21st century phenomenon. And they would try and blame it on something that we've been doing throughout the entire history of the human race. It just does not make sense just on the very face of it. Yeah, it's it's like Georgia said herself, you know, it's like how can you lump in a whole food designed by nature? Like it, it grew out of the ground, literally like it grew out of the ground. Um, in, in, of course it's not a plant, but what I mean by that <laughs> is that it's derived from all things natural, right? Yeah. It's a natural occurrence on the human earth. So, sorry, on, on planet earth. It's not like the, the other junk, empty calories, refined, processed, um, toxic, um, fake, evil, yeah, processed foods. Yeah, yeah. They don't even they don't even deserve to have the name food because it's non-food. How yeah. can you lump in a whole food with a non-food? Yeah, there's there's it's it stinks of corruption and some kind of financial gain and mm-hmm. ideological possession and. Um, it makes absolutely zero sense, zero sense. And then when you look at the science, there's nothing to back it up. Yeah. There's no even theoretical basis for how meat would cause depression. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, if you look at, you know, Georgia Eid actually had a, um, an article a while back called the brain needs animal fat. I think she published it on psychology today. And she basically was just kind of going into what meat is composed of and what the brain is made of and what it utilizes. And it's all from meat. It's like the same stuff, right? It's, it's like the, the, the fats for one thing, but I mean, even like all the proteins and everything like that, that is what your body needs. That is like the ideal food for what the brain uses in order to function, the making of neurotransmitters, the making, you know, the, the, uh, the nerve cells, the sheath, all that stuff, all completely composed of what you find in red meat, uh, meat in general, but red meat in particular. And the idea that your brain would, um, misfunction, uh, or malfunction on by eating meat, the stuff that it actually needs just does not make any sense at all. Yeah, there's a couple of leading theories for depression. Like what they found is that there's usually some kind of an inflammatory component. Mm-hmm. There's also various imbalances. Like we can't kind of just, you know, reduce depression. Did an extremely complex topic and probably extremely f- complex physiological process. We can't reduce that to an imbalance in neurotransmitters. Right. Like the serotonin theory, it's not as simple as that. It's not that you necessarily any one person is deficient in any neurotransmitter per se. Actually, it differs between different people, right? And you can 
look at some of the metabolites for various kinds of neurotransmitters or amino acids and things, and they are different. And two people can have depression. It's just being driven by a different thing. But essentially, yeah, if you look at the research, there's a couple of different like pathways which have been shown to be off. Let's say that they're frequently off. And so some of those are related to, to certain neurotransmitters. So we have things like dopamine, we have GABA, we have um, glutamate, we have serotonin, we have all of these other different neurotransmitters. And these are, I mean, we were talking about in last show that they're, you know, they are somewhat responsible for at least influencing how we are feeling and how we perceive reality kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Right. And so if we look at some of the pathways involved in how we are metabolizing, how we're making those neurotransmitters, there's really important because you have to understand that basically to be able to make brain chemicals, we need to use raw materials. And generally, the raw materials for the majority of the amines, which are like a class of the neurotransmitters and hormones, we're using amino acids, okay? We're using the amino acid tyrosine. We're using the amino acid glutamine. We're using the amino acid glycine. We're using the amino acid tryptophan, right? And so we take those amino acids and we convert them via enzymes, certain types of proteins. We convert them into these neuro transmitters into these different brain chemicals and to do that we need nutrients right we need nutrients in the form of vitamins in the form of minerals so we look at some of the key vitamins involved in those processes zinc another one is vitamin b6 another one is iron and that is heme iron not non-heme iron right. so the only place you find heme iron is animal foods right or impossible burgers or whatever the hell it is well, <laughs> yeah, naturally, you, you only find those things in, in animal food. Yeah, the only, only place where you find any appreciable amount of zinc is animal foods, mm. right? The only place, I mean, if you look at the amino acids, I mean, the highest sources of amino acids, tryptophan, tyrosine, glycine, animal foods. So the raw material that you need to make brain chemicals mostly comes from animal foods. The nutrient cofactors that you need to convert those amino acids into brain chemicals mostly comes from animal foods. So there's 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 a real divide there. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, even um, I mean, Erica, you were mentioning. Uh, um, oh my God, her name just left. Kelly Brogan. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, Drew a blank yes. for a second there. And even she talks about in her practice how she needs to convince, I mean, she works primarily with women and she needs to convince women um, to start eating meat again because the propaganda has been so heavy for so long that women think, you know, oh, I'll lose weight and, you know, I'll, I'll function better to eat lighter like a vegetarian diet. But um, she has to convince them to get back on meat and is seeing huge turns around, turnarounds in depression. Um, and it just makes sense. You know, it's almost like, a meat deficiency is actually what causes depression, not meat in and of itself. It's like the complete and total opposite of what people are saying, what these dietary guidelines are saying. Exactly. And it can be so misleading um, for our listeners and viewers. Uh, we recommend watching that entire talk by uh, yeah. Georgia because she talks a lot about for example, and we've covered it pretty extensively, the Eat Lancet, mm -hmm. you know, 
propaganda campaign and how if you don't have the time and energy and you're suffering from things like brain fog or low energy or these symptoms that are associated with depression, you know, to have the energy and wherewithal to read through these types of studies that she's done, you know, she even said in the video, it can cause mental illness. You know, you think mm -hmm. that you're trying to get to the bottom of your issues and you're essentially now being fed this plant-based diet lie that uh, the types of uh, patients that Kelly Brogan sees, she's, you know, initially will say, I'm going to recommend some meat. And if people are really anti, then she will say, I think this is not going to be a good fit, you know, mm. which says a lot about about a intake consultation with a psychiatrist, you know, I mean, I'm here to help you, but you got to be willing to kind of let go of your belief system that plant foods are going to save you. And we're also inundated by it. I mean, I feel like just in the last couple of months, it's just up the ante even more. Yeah. So, um, you know, getting beyond that. And then as Elliot was saying, this idea that depression is often an uh, inflammatory condition. And um, Kelly Brogan has said that the medical literature has for over 20 years connected this idea of inflammation and mental illness. So it's like they have the data there, but then they go on to uh, base their prescribing on this serotonin theory or chemical imbalance theory. And she says that there's not a single study that has proven depression is caused by a chemical imbalance of the brain. And, you know, uh, most of us don't know that, you know, uh, another thing that she said that I found really kind of concerning is that, you know, if you go to your doctor and uh, your family practitioner, most of them are going to prescribe antidepressants. They're not going to take the time to find out what you're eating. Are you on a plant-based diet? Are you eating a lot of carbs, refined sugars? Do you have too much caffeine and alcohol? They're just going to prescribe you an antidepressant. And then you kind of go down this rabbit hole where for a lot of people, the symptoms just get worse. Mm -hmm. And they continue to eat the standard American diet. So... It's yeah. really, um, it's really interesting to look at it this way and to see the rise in these types of uh, depression symptoms and how it only seems to be getting worse. Yeah. Yeah, it's true, and it's it's it is also really interesting that there's been this kind of rise in. Um, interest in this idea of nutritional psychiatry um the idea that you could i mean could you imagine actually going to see a psychiatrist and they, they start asking you about your diet i mean it's so unheard of you know like doctors psychiatrists none of those people get much in the way of nutrition training and even if they do it's going to be the dietary guidelines just like we saw georgia eat tearing up a second ago so it's 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 actually kind of a real testament to these people who are willing to kind of put the research in and kind of connect the dots and recognize how important nutrition is in general, how important it is for the brain, thinking, mood, those sorts of things, and to be able to see past the propaganda and recognize that, no, it's actually uh, meat is, is kind of the most important thing here. Um, it's not a plant-based diet is not going to cut it. It really isn't. And I feel like people are being led astray 
in, in this way. I mean, one thing that um, is really interesting about uh, Kelly Brogan is that she does this whole idea, and I'm going to butcher this word of uh, psychoimmunology. <laughs> Psychoimmunology. Yes, thank you. <laughs> this whole idea that everything is really connected, right? So, uh, if you are willing to kind of do the work, put the work in, you know, eliminate certain things that are causing, you know, these inflammatory responses in your body, but also to realize that everything is connected, and um, you know, there's a, it's, it's almost like a health freedom and knowing, you know, that what's happening in your gut is connected to your brain and um, that there is a way to move forward with research that is being done by women like this to give people steps instead of just succumbing to the psychiatry. And, uh, just looking for some other stuff here they were talking about. Uh, one thing that uh, Kelly Brogan talks about too is that, um, especially with uh, depression, it's like sometimes it's a necessary um, phase to go through to address, uh, you know, the issues that you're having in your life and um, to start taking, taking stock of, you know, how much sleep you're getting, how much exercise you're getting mm. and um, how to move forward in, in ways that are going to be lifelong health. Like it, it makes me think too of like Jordan Peterson and Makila Peterson and, you know, how he had struggled with depression and decided to do the carnivore diet and how much traction has happened with, um, people listening to him for, uh, you know, how to clean your room and, and be more of a uh, functioning human being, but also how they have real life stories of how going on the carnivore diet really helped alleviate a lot of those symptoms associated mm -hmm. with depression. And yeah, so I think we're going to see a lot more of it. I think a lot more people are coming out. I mean, just this book, I have it here that Kelly Brogan, a mind of your own. I mean, it's, it's over 500 pages and she talks a lot about, <laughs> um, about people's testimonials. And I do think testimonials are, um, really important because you get to see the process that people went through. And for some people, it's just a matter of weeks of reintroducing red meat and whatnot, that they saw a change uh, in energy levels and mood stability and even in sleep. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that, you know, Jordan and Michaela Peterson, like you just brought up, they, they, they're a very interesting case because they actually found that they were having to eliminate all plant foods as a means of kind of addressing the issues that they were going through. And I don't think that they're alone in that. You know, there are other people It might be relatively rare, but um, there are certainly people who they just can't do any plant foods at all. But it, again, it's like it's so far outside of the mainstream because they would have you believe that it's the meat that's the problem. But these guys are a living testament to the fact that it isn't the meat. You know, it's like they went on a diet of only meat and it turned their problems around. Yeah, I've got tens of clients of people who try their best to add in plants and they, they simply can't, you know. Right. <clears throat> and actually when they do... I mean, I've just got so many, the same story over and over and over again. It's like, 
as soon as they add implants, boom, the depression kicks in Jeez. or the severe fatigue or the anxiety or the, you know, the dizziness and the kind of immune kind of symptoms. It's like a real severe thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just so many people who, who find that that's the case. And it's like, it's actually the opposite of, of what, um, of this kind of idea that, that meat causes depression. In fact, in some people, it's the only way that they can survive without living through depression. You know? yeah. It's a terrible place to be in, but I mean, at least there, there's a solution. A solution you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. If it can ever get through to people, you know, because the fact of the matter is if you've got all the kind of officials um, pushing this line that uh, going more and more plant-based is, is the answer, um, or more likely not even connecting the dots between diet and um, mood disorders. Um, it's pretty. Actually, it's actually pretty amazing when people do come across this information, and they do actually. So not only do they have to find it, they also have to be open-minded enough to throw out all the conventional wisdom and actually give something like this a try. I mean, you know. It, it, for some people, for a lot of people, probably encountering anything like this, it would be they'd be on kind of a more standard American diet, even if it is maybe a little bit healthier than than you know total junk food. But it's still it, it's become the norm now to cut down on meat. You know, let's uh, you know let, let let's even if we're going to eat meat, you know, let's let's do a couple of days a week where it's vegan or something along those lines. So to kind of come across information that completely goes against that, it's, it's going to require a relatively open-minded person. But I think, and I'm sure everyone listening and all of us here know someone who has suffered from debilitating depression and have gone through all the traditional medical avenues to try and treat it. And, you know, if you're desperate enough and you're like, well, I'll do the carnivore diet for a month and see what happens. And it actually works. Those people are going to share that with other people, you know, um, Hey, why don't you try this? Why don't you try this? You know, this worked for me. And, uh, there is the power of being that, that testimony for other people and, and to see someone's mood change like that is um, pretty inspirational, I think. And I do feel that people have really lost uh, confidence, especially in psychiatric medication Mm -hmm. for the tree or, you know, antidepressants, because maybe they have an effect for two weeks, but then they have side effects and then you're dealing with all those. And then you you get to this point where you, you know, it's not really working. You can try something different. I know there's a few things, Dr. Davis, he wrote the book Wheat Belly. Uh, he had an article called Depression, Why Not Start a nutri- with a Nutritional Solution? And so there's just a few things that he, he suggests here about uh, powerful nutritional and natural mood lifters. Obviously, he says to eliminate wheat and grains. Um, he says that... Uh, you know, a lot of things from paranoia and people with schizophrenia, mania, and people with bipolar disorder, impulsivity, and children with ADHD, ADHD and depression. And people um, remove all the gliadin-derived opiates 
from yeah. wheats and grains. Uh, he also said vitamin D restoration. So he was talking about, and this article was published back in 2015, but he was talking about how even before he implemented wheat and grain elimination, he added vitamin D uh, to, to help people. Um, you may have more to share on that, Elliot, but supplementation with vitamin D. Uh, uh, he also suggested fish oil and uh, you know uh, regenerating uh, cultivation of bowel flora for those uh, that may be in the know. You know, getting your gut bacteria back into uh, you know a healthy gut bacteria, and then tryptophan supplementation, exercise, and laughing, which I thought was kind of interesting. You know. Uh, yeah. you know, it could be helpful. So those are just some things. Um, I think this is a fascinating topic. And uh, for again, for those who are listening, watching, uh, we recommend watching uh, George's video, just because if you are one of those people that got duped by these nutritional studies, uh, she uses some pretty uh, strong language there about basically, it's just propaganda, which I was like, wow, it's interesting to see somebody just coming right out and saying it and that you yeah. have to use discernment when, you know, flipping through your news feed and seeing, oh, they eat Lancet, you know, plant-based. And yeah. is it because as, as we've said many times on this show, it's almost like as these ideas of meat helping people with mental, uh, emotional, physical disorders, it's like the... Uh, the, the vegetarian propaganda or the plant-based propaganda just goes into overdrive. So yeah. Knowledge protects. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. So I think that's about it. And again, uh, for those interested, a mind of your own by Dr. Kelly Brogan is also a great book. It's a pretty hefty read. Sometimes it's just nice to flip through a few pages and oh, okay. So uh, thank you, Doug and Elliot and Damien for being on the, the wheels of steel and <laughs> running the show from the background. And uh, we'll see you all again soon. Have a great day. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.